This team, man, this stupid, great, heart-attack-inducing team. Uh, the Nashville Predators come out of nowhere to stage a big rally against the Philadelphia Flyers and get a much-needed two points. What was the cause of the turnaround? Like, what was the big reason? Plus, a question we didn't think we would have to ask just a couple of months ago. What do you make of UC Soros' play lately? It's a big topic of conversation. Plus, it's Monday, which means it is time for Plus Minus, the highs and lows of the past week of Preds hockey. All coming up today on Locked on Predators. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. So, the Oscars so. last night, <laughs> How was that? Yeah. Um, what a hot mess. Let's try to keep it together, people. You can dress them up, but you can't take them out. Wow. Just a whole thing happened in Hollywood. It was, a whole thing. I was entertained. And there's like, there's millions of think pieces and takes on this today. Uh <laughs> It's so Twitter for the next like 48 hours, I'm sure is going to be a fun fire. Yes. Storm. It's going to be, it's going to be trending because Will Smith, if you didn't watch it or haven't seen the news, Will Smith went <laughs> Tanner Janot on Chris Rock on the show uh, for making a joke about Jada Pinkett oh, Smith. So he, it, it was an are... open hand slap. Look, it was an oh, that's true. It was an open hand slap. Tanner Janot does not slap. Yeah, You're like right. Tanner Janot is not, not pretend a like Will Smith like put him in a headlock and just started like ranging undercuts <laughs> on him. It's almost more horrifying because it was a slap. Almost. I uh, think back to the, uh, the slap at How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, this was a this was a. This was a whole thing in Hollywood. You know, it's interesting when the hockey game has maybe less violence to talk about. I don't know. Although there was a good fight in this hockey game. Yeah. To be and clear, Janot got himself the, a Gordy Howe. Yeah. The reason I asked about the Oscars was because my one word is going to tie into this hockey game, and it's Will Smith. Because, you know what? The Philadelphia Flyers made the Predators angry. Like, mm -hmm. and here's the thing. When you watch the Predators after, like in the second period, they didn't play better. Like, better isn't mm -hmm. the word you would describe. They played no. pissed off. There was a fire lit under them. Um, the, you know, this week, like the Chris Rock of the world has been pushing the Predators buttons back to back six, one losses. They were getting embarrassed again at the start of this game. And yeah, like this, this is a game in which I'll be honest. It's not very optimist of me. And after the first period, 
I was getting ready to come on this podcast and say the Preds are done. <laughs> like, I would no, yeah. I didn't mention it. Like, clearly, like a month left in the season, and they have a playoff spot currently, which is weird. But I was like, you know what? The fire, this is this is a different team. This is a different team. Mm-hmm. The fire's not there. Something's wrong with their game plan. And when you look ahead to the month of April and you see all of these teams that they play that are currently on top of their game right now, I was like, this is yes. this is it. Like this is it for the Nashville Predators. They turned it, they turned opinions around so fast, especially in that second period. And like I said, it didn't look like they were just suddenly playing better. It looked like they had a complete barn burning fire lit under them. And you finally, finally saw the Nashville Predators we saw earlier this season come alive in the second half of the year. I would agree with that assessment. After the first period, they talked to Colton Sissons and he said, you know, I really liked our game in the first period. We just need to. And I was like, like you liked that. It was just okay for me. You know, the first period was just okay. You're down to nothing, but I think they did do what you said. I think they came back and they didn't, they didn't adjust necessarily what they were doing. They adjusted the emotion behind it. And sometimes that's dangerous. Sometimes that can make you make different mistakes or overcorrect. And I didn't see that from them, but they really played with a fire. That's the best way to describe it. They played with a fire in the second and third period that didn't cause them to make different mistakes or overcorrect, but it definitely was okay this is the nashville predators team that i remember seeing this is the um kind of the the depth of this team not necessarily line depth but just the depth of play and the depth of commitment to the process that I think we're used to seeing and and that's sort of been missing these last, this last little stretch. So I would agree. I would agree with your assessment of this game. My one word um, is picking rocks. So when I was a little girl, we had a garden and every spring my dad would take the wagon up and my two sisters and I would pick rocks out of the garden. And it's like the worst job it's not really great. Um, it's not glamorous. You, you don't get anything for it but a wagon full of rocks. But it made the garden better. And in the end, we reaped the benefit of it. And I think that's how the Predators won this game is that they really just went out and picked rocks. You know, it was not glamorous. It was not fancy. It was not, but it was, we're going to do things a certain way. We're going to do them with a little bit more zhuzh and then get the get the result and so i think that's kind of how they won this game they really just picked rocks with some zhuzh what is you gotta gotta have to explain zhuzh (laughs) zhuzh um have you ever watched what is the show there's a show on netflix uh with the five gay men who come in and help people oh the show Queer eye for the straight guy. Yeah, zhuzh. It's like you kind of zhuzh it up. Like, you know, zhuzh. 
<laughs> Me saying it but over You and know over you can't explain it. the word by <laughs> using the word, right? What if I add like hand gestures? Like you zhuzh something up you like. Sure. Make That's, it a little, a little okay. more. The the jazz hands plus whatever sort of like Italian hand speaking yes. is. And a little neck twitch. Yeah. And you get zhuzh. Razzle dazzle. Razzle dazzle is. Razzle dazzle. Okay. Yes. They picked rocks with some razzle dazzle. And that ultimately in this case got them a win. Yeah. yeah um, that was rough second period. There. From the second period on, there was a lot of zhuzh, uh, I guess, mm -hmm. um, because the Preds, yes. you know, once again had to dig themselves out of a hole. Again, it was it was another case, really fourth game in a row in which the, the Preds gave up a goal within like the first three, four minutes of the game. Um, oh, so painful. Yeah. I mean, they they did not look great. Uh, for that for that first period, even though they were out shooting the Flyers like by a pretty wide margin, um, yes, the play was sloppy. They they never really looked dangerous. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I thought in the second period that that Yakov Trenin goal right off the bat um, within yes. that first minute of that second period, I think was huge um, because we've seen it, you know, in, in some of the other blowout games for the Preds this year where, where they get momentum and then kind of spill it away. Um, or, you mm -hmm. know, they, they come out out of a period with a lot of, you know, a lot of juice, a lot of pizzazz um, and then don't score. And then one play goes the other way. And, you know, you're all of a sudden kind of packing it in for the night. And that almost happened again because yeah. the Flyers made it three to one, you know, two minutes after that trend goal. And it, it does make you think, like, if Yakov Trenin hadn't really scored that early answer right off the bat and you're looking at 3-0 instead of 3-1, where does the game go from there? Yeah. Um, I like that goal by Yakov Trenin for a couple of reasons. Number one, you come out of that period strong. Uh, number two, those are the kind of goals that I think Nashville needs to focus on getting, those gritty front of the net, uh, kind of claw and scrape your way into a, a goal. And I think we've seen some really pretty goals lately, but the Predators aren't a team that should rely on pretty goals. They have, you know, Philip Forsberg can do amazing things. Roman Yossi, amazing things. Matt Duchesne, amazing things. But the bread and butter of this team really is going to be just grinded out gritty goals. And I feel like they've gotten away from setting those things up. Uh, and so I think the goal was important in that it was this is this is kind of the DNA of this team. We're getting back to this. Um, but when Philadelphia answered right back, I was like, seriously, like we can't have one nice thing, <laughs> one nice thing. And the way the previous two games have gone that, you know, them coming back is the beginning of the end. Yeah. But I think the Predators, like you said, I think they came out that second period with a, a clearer mindset. And I think that kind of carried them through what could have been sort of the packet in moment of the game and they stayed in it and this was a game that's completely winnable for the nashville predators uh and i'm glad that they won it because i think we would be having a very different podcast this morning had this game gone any other way 
Yeah, thank God for that. And thank God for Tanner Janot. Big game for him. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, plus, UC Soros. Is there maybe a little cause for concern uh, about his performance the past couple of games? Interesting question. We'll dive into that in just a second. First, though, want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, me and Ann have talked about this before, kind of off camera. We never heard of Built Bar before we started doing this show. Both of us now now eat it religiously. I'd be sure to um, bring one with me for every morning workout. That gives me a lot of energy and keeps me feel full uh, until breakfast time. Uh, Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. Real chocolate. So it tastes like a treat, but... They're low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, and high in protein. If you haven't tried the puffs yet, uh, that's something you're definitely going to want to give a try. Uh, there are a protein-infused marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Not just a protein bar, it's a treat. And they have a lot of different flavors like banana cream pie, uh, cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow. They're coming out with a uh, fudge brownie batter one. Uh, that I've had the pleasure of trying, and it tastes delicious. Uh, if you're a big fan of those, like, marshmallow chocolate Easter eggs that come out every time around this time of year, it tastes like that. You're going to definitely want to give it a try. And if marshmallows aren't your thing, they have plenty of normal flavors, like salted caramel, cherry barcia, mint brownie. There's something for every taste. Try it yourself. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Yeah, and we're talking about grit uh, and, you know, that that type of performance kind of being the bread and butter for the Preds. Nobody personified that better uh, against the Flyers than Tanner Janot. Uh, apparently he needs to have children more often, uh, because this was, this was, a a fired up Papa bear on the ice. Yeah. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Yeah. Yeah. This was a great performance by Tanner Janot. And I think he was very much missed in the Vegas game. There is something so important about the Predators' third line with Yakov Trenin, Tanner Janot, and Colton Sissons. This line is so important to this team, not necessarily because of offensive production, but just because they so consistently play the way this team wants to play this season. And Tanner Janot came back um, and just was a man possessed. They said after the game in talking with him, uh, and talking with uh, head coach John Hines, you know, Jeno was obviously thrilled to have to be in Nashville, thrilled to be there for the birth of his child, but was frustrated with the Predators' loss in Vegas, and really came in uh, to this game and was just not gonna have it. He just was not gonna have it, and he had a great game, uh, game-winning goal to about two minutes left in the game, and Tanner Jeno had just about had about enough of this. And um, was a great goal. Also, you know, Gordie Howe hat trick. He had an assist. He had a big old fight, as Wes McCauley said, two minutes for fighting, which is the greatest thing yeah. to ever happen. I love Wes McCauley. Was that, was that, um, so was he giving Juge in that call? 
he does he zhuzhes up the calls that is that's a perfect way to use it Wes Macaulay just zhuzhes up the fighting call yes excellent good job Nick that's exactly how you use it I'm picking it up yeah you got this so yeah big game for Tanner Janot uh and in a big season for Tanner Janot again we've talked about you know Janot for Calder it's probably not going to happen he's just not your prototypical Calder candidate um, but what he has contributed to this team really shows why David Poyle protected him in what was kind of a controversial move um, with the Seattle expansion draft. But he has definitely earned that confidence. Yeah. Other than Phil Myers, I think we're looking back at the uh, <laughs> Poyle's protection list in a little bit different light right now for a lot of reasons. Uh, but it's funny, yes. Anne, because uh, last week, what was one of the topics we talked about? We really hadn't been getting the impact from the mm-hmm. hurt line that we had kind of come to expect. And, you know, they they weren't yes. it's not like they were playing bad. It's not like they were like losing games or anything like that. Um, but, you know, when you think back to the herd line earlier this year and you kind of think of how they were able to take over games um, go out there and make something happen in a critical moment. We hadn't seen that kind of impact. Um, and then last night we did. Like, absolutely. Yes. They were the stars of the game. Um, you know, we we mentioned Janelle already with three points, but Yakov Trenin, the first two goals in the game, as we already mentioned, where the Preds were in a hole and kind of had to dig themselves out of it. That's huge. That was huge for him to step up mm-hmm. and make that play. Um, and then, you know, Colton Sissons is a guy who really hasn't been showing up on the score sheet a lot. Um, but I think overall, very good defensively in this game, uh, in the grand yes. scheme of things, probably one of the Preds' best defenders of the night, both from a forward and from a defensive standpoint. Um, and, and that's and so that was huge for him. And you're starting again to kind of see the impact of the herd line in exactly the situation you need to see them. Like this is a game, you know, the Preds are down 2 nothing, then 3-1. You know, you need something. You need a spark. You need big plays. You need kind of a whoop, you know, punch it, punch the way in goal sort of thing. And that's what the herd line is for. And that's what they did last night. And it was very refreshing to see. One thing that's, um, you know, I'm just, okay. I'm going to just pose it to you like this, Anne. Okay. What do you make of UC Saros's performance over the last, you know, month or so? I was so hoping that you weren't going to pose this question to me because this, uh, the last little bit we have seen, um, regular goalie and not you see sorrows level goaltending you know these last um three or four games that he has played in are not there are some goals that i feel like he normally would have been able to see or stop and I don't, it's very hard to be critical of UC Saros because he has in so many ways carried this team through this season. He did the same thing last year. So right. it's very difficult to, to 
I, I just don't want to say anything bad about UC Soros because he's doing above and beyond what this team um, should ask from him. But he's so important to the Predators making a postseason run that it's unnerving to see his last couple performances for me. And I hate to say that, but I'm just I, it's said with love. Well, it's so hard to judge, too, isn't it? Because, you know, you get how much do you judge your goalie if you're giving up 50 shots in a game and something like, right. I, think, I think it was like 84 shot attempts or something like that for Vegas in that game. Um, so it's like, how do you really judge a goalie who gives up six goals against in that kind of game? Um, but I like the word you used normal goaltending. Right. Like, you know, earlier this season when we were talking about, you know, UC Saros maybe deserving to be in the Vezina race, you know, we looked and he was just posting like ungodly numbers, like facing something like 40 shots a game and only, you know, allowing one, two goals, something like that. You know, he was stealing wins from the Nashville Predators games. They had absolutely no business being in, um, you know, he would like, you know, you think back in the UC Saros from November, you know, mm-hmm. maybe makes that Vegas game two to one or three to one. Um, but it's right. concerning when you go through like the stat numbers from like the past handful of games and, you know, you start saying, you know, four goals last night, six against Vegas, three against Anaheim, three against Toronto, five against Philly, uh, the first time around five against St. Louis. Um, and, and then you dig a little bit deeper and you look at some of his underlying numbers and, you know, you're seeing like almost a 10 point drop in save percentage, but you're also seeing a pretty significant drop in high danger save percentage. You're seeing a pretty significant drop in, you know, goals saved above average, you know, kind of all these yes. metrics you use to describe, you know, how just important your goalie is. And that's what's, you know, scary to me is that he's kind of falling. He's still good. Like, as we mentioned, still playing very, very good, but it's not the same kind of play we saw from him early in the season. And that's big because UC Saros was, for the past two years, has kind of been your eraser. You know, the guy that can bail you out of a bad performance like we've seen from the Predators a couple of times this week. And that type of UC Saros hasn't really been on display probably since, you know, the Preds, you know, right around the all-star break, you know, when they kind of started slumping a little bit. It's a hard thing to watch. The other thing to factor in is that he is playing with a very depleted defense in front of him. And you have to wonder how much that is affecting uh, his numbers and his ability. But we just aren't seeing uh, peak UC Soros lately. And we, you know, the Nashville Predators need peak UC Saros if they're looking to make a deep run in these playoffs. So it's definitely something that we're going to need to keep our eye on. Uh, And we're going to uh, 
finish out our Monday show as we always do. It's one of our favorite things. We do plus minus what things went well and what things were maybe a little dumpster fire over the last week. So Nick, plus minus, do you want to go ahead and start us off with some uh, a good plus? Always yeah. start positive. We'll start positive. And here's a guy that a lot of people are going to have different opinions on. I'm going to go ahead and give a plus to Jeremy Lazan because yes. boy, this trade was under the microscope, both because the Preds mm -hmm. gave up a first round pick, uh, both because metrics wise, Jeremy Lazan wasn't doing great this year. Hadn't really been doing great the past two years. In fact, you know, somebody pointed out his numbers, uh, some of his analytical numbers were worse than Ben Harper. So a lot of people were kind <laughs> of not thrilled with the Preds using a second yeah. on him, not thrilled with David Poyle said he sees him as a big part. Um, but Alex Doherty, our really good friend over at A to Z sports had a pretty good thread um, about, you know, Lazan's first couple games in Nashville versus his season in Seattle and, you know, it's not totally night and day, but you're, it's a big improvement. And it kind of makes you go back and think it's like, okay, you know, David Poyle and John Hines were both gung-ho about this guy being a big piece of the Preds' future. Are they seeing something? And is John Hines being able to look at a player like Jeremy Lazan and bring something out of him? that mm -hmm. maybe wasn't coming out in Seattle or his last year in Boston. And that's important because, you know, the Preds defensive depth still battling injuries right now. You need Lazan to come in and play a respectable game. You know, doesn't have to be like world beat or anything like that, but you need him to have a respectable game. And so far he's done that for the Preds. I would agree with that. I think, and talk about coming in to a, a difficult situation. There was, has been a big brouhaha over this trade and, and what the Predators gave up for him, but I feel the same way. You know, there's definitely a learning curve, but I think he has done well. And this may just be a defensive system that's going to capitalize on some of his strengths where maybe that just didn't get off the ground in Seattle. So I would agree with that plus. And who are you giving a plus to? I am giving a plus the, to the Nashville Predators who are pursuing 20 goal seasons. So last year, the Predators had zero, zero 20 goal scorers for this, for the regular season. Uh, 13 was the high, and that was Callie Yarncroke and uh, Mikhail Granlund. Um, already your we your normal three. leading scores. I mean, who else would it be? Uh, we already have Three, Philip Forsberg, of course, has the record now with 37. Matt Duchesne has 34. Tanner Janot with 22. We have three more pursuing that. Uh, Yossi is at 18. Johansson and Trennan are at 17. This is a team that is producing some really good offense and producing offense from a number of places in the lineup. And I am loving seeing these people pursuing. Uh, it it's just feels very fruitful to have this much 
um, this many 20 goal scorers this season and more to come. So high five to the guys finding the back of the net with some consistency. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Having multiple guys, like you have your first line guys chasing 20 goals, but you also have their herd line, a couple of guys on there, I mean, either at or very yeah. close to 20. So it's yeah. kind of refreshing, isn't it? <laughs> it feels so nice. Yeah. Okay, right. but we do have to face, you know, some some hard truths. That means we're going to have to deal with some minuses. So, Nick, give give me a minus from this week. Well, there's two six to one losses. So, what do you want me to pick from? That's a that's a fat minus. Yeah. <laughs> um, to me, puck possession. Puck possession is mm -hmm. a big minus for me this week. Uh, and he kind of saw it last night against Philadelphia. 19 turnovers, giveaways against Oof. the Flyers. Um, you know, like I said, they were sometimes very sloppy trying to force things. You go back to the Vegas game where Vegas had 50 shots, um, 20 more shots that were blocked, you know, and a, and a couple of shots that just straight up missed the net. So a lot of shot attempts there. Um, you know, that, that's something the Preds need to crisp up. Um, there, there's sort of that old, you know, you know, some people in some corners of the hockey community say, you know, the best defense you can have is just not letting the other team have the puck. Um, and that's something I thought the Preds, you know, yeah, you have Roman Yossi, who's maybe the best defenseman in the NHL right now. Um, and you have all these forwards that are on the top of their game. So you would like to see the Predators maybe play defense through offense, you know, sustained pressure, yes. careful play with the puck. And, you know, on the defensive end, when you have a chance to clear, when you have a chance to really buckle down, you know, take possession of the puck, make a play out of the zone and put some pressure on the team the other way. That's something I think that needs to improve. Yes, and I think we saw that uh, in the beginning of the Philadelphia game and in the other games earlier. The Predators definitely need to work on that. Bless their hearts. My minus for the week is slow starts. The Predators have had three games this week where they went down early. Two of those games, they just never could come back from it. Um, great parenting advice that I'm going to pass on to Tanner Janot that I got is somebody told me you have to start as you mean to go on. Uh, and that is true in hockey as well. The Predators have got to start as they mean to go on and, you know, jump on these games early. I think they play their best hockey and their most confident hockey when they start out of the gate in control of the game. So they're going to have to work on getting a more hot start. I 100% agree with that. Hopefully that is something that they can turn around in the yeah. last little bit of course and we can't end on a negative can we like we we're oh, optimist no. we gotta end it and that is why yeah. i would like to give our final plus of the night to jace robert patrick Janot. He, yes he is the the new member of the Janot family uh of course he was born uh either thursday night or early friday not 100 sure but congratulations to uh tanner and family very happy to have a new member of smashville in yes. our circle 
For sure. Babies are always wonderful news and to have a new little predator is so exciting. So congratulations to Tanner and Keely. And we are so excited and I am available to babysit. I love other people's babies. <laughs> you, you can also babysit Rem Pitlick too. So. Oh, I know. I do love Rem. You know, I love Rem Pitlick. Yes. Yeah. Take a moment. Oh, Rampitlick. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love how quickly you <laughs> Back to the Predators. Back okay, to back the to predators. the Preds. Uh, well, the Preds got a big week coming up ahead, including a game against the Ottawa Senators tomorrow at Bridgestone Arena. You would hope the Predators have some momentum going. We'll talk about how the Predators can keep momentum going uh, against a couple of games coming up that are probably going to be the easiest they'll face for the entire rest of the season. Uh, until that happens, Anne, where can people find your work? You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Also, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know what you thought uh, of the show today, any topics we talked about, or let us know if there's something you want us to talk about in a podcast down the road. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Go take a moment to listen to Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. See you tomorrow, everybody.